the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This program is sponsored by West Automotive Group. The West Automotive Group presents Auto Talk Radio with host Brian Bowersock and co-host Kevin Bowersock. Today's show is brought to you by West Escondido, West El Cajon, West Kearney Mesa, and West Miramar Automotive and Transmission. All part of the West Automotive Group. Get your automotive questions answered. Call Brian and Kevin at 1-888-344-1170. That's 1-888-344-1170. Now, here's your Auto Talk host, Brian Bowersock. All right, folks. Welcome to Auto Talk Radio. I'm your host, Brian Bowersock. In the house of me is my co-host, Mr. Kevin Bowersock. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome, everybody. Hey, man, you know, uh, the holidays are over once again. I know, that went really quick, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, it did. Goes by fast. For sure. That's for sure. I hope everybody uh, had a wonderful uh, Christmas and New Year, and it was just amazing And as we roll into 2022. What are we doing here in 2022? Uh, yeah, we just started. <laughs> Today is what the eighth. We're one one weekend as of yesterday, right? Yes. Yeah. Cool. Seven days. Seven days. So good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, folks, give us a call here one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. That's eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Anything automotive related, we are happy to talk to you about for sure. Um, we got our new call screener here, so I'm gonna have to. Uh, uh, work on remembering how to uh, operate this bad boy. You, you, you hit the A button for air. That means they're on the air. So, or, if you answer, hit the, or answer A for or answer. A, a for answer too, if you want. Sure. <laughs> I was gonna say we're gonna go down the list. A for answer. A for Apple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we, whichever it is, I got to put the little box around the thing though, right? Yeah, you click on the box and it's highlighted, and then you click. I the remember a. now. Jeez. Boom. Uh, folks, we have this highly technical call screener thing now. I've been asking for this for state of the art two years <laughs> or something. We had it when we first started, and and then it broke down because our system got hacked into. Oh, that's right. Yep, and now it's back on because now we're officially all secured again. We got to get the, we got the a OK from the boss. So perfect. Let's fill this board up, folks. One eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. It's eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Anything automotive related. Today we're talking about. Uh, specifically, um, how important it is to replace your spark plugs on the correct intervals. Is it important, Kevin? Yes. Okay, there you go. You have the answer already. It's a wearable item. It is a it's a wearable <laughs> item. It's a wearable item. Well, you know, if you keep your plugs replaced, it won't draw. I mean, it will reduce a lot on the uh, ignition system because it won't, you know, with the plugs keeping the right electrical gap and stuff, it doesn't have to pull in the amps and kill all the coils and, you know, all the good stuff in life. <laughs> You got it for sure. You got it. All right, let's uh, grab Mark real quick. Oh, I don't know if if he hangs up on you, it was an accident. Yeah, hold on here a second. <laughs> if you want to, I could just put it manually. Do you want me to do it? I don't. Let's. I well, the A is not working. <laughs> All so. right, I'm putting it manually. Here All we right. go. Good morning, Mark. Hi. Good morning. Hope you guys are having a good New Year. <laughs> we are so uh, far. Yes. If I can figure out this call screener, I'll be doing really good. But uh, we're we're all good. Good to hear from you. How are you doing this morning? Oh, real good, thank you. Uh, my truck not so good. Uh, I I believe it has suffering from old gas. And what I did is I added Kim Tool uh, or Berryman's to it and mm-hmm. put five gallons of premium in to maybe four gallons of old gas. Okay. And it started running great, but then I let it sit overnight, and it started running poorly again. And I was just wondering if the old gas settles to the bottom or something or does it usually mix in usually it'll mix in but man it really depends on how bad that old gas is in um what i typically it will mix in but what i typically recommend so you got like a 50 50 going right now um Mm -hmm. you know you you i would fill the tank with premium fuel 
Okay. Is what I would do. And then run run quite a few miles through that and then it'll be good. I would also then replace the fuel filter on the thing for sure. Because I'm telling oh, okay. you cuz cuz that fuel turns into to like a varnish. How how old was the fuel that was in it first off? Probably a couple of years. Oh yeah, that feels a, definitely a varnish. That's some. So you're going to need to run that stuff through. So, uh, what year truck is this? It's about a '76 uh, or I think it's it. I think it's. I mean, it might have been an '87 or something like that. Gotcha. And the other thing with this is hopefully because because what happens on the needle and seat. Uh, on those inside the carburetor, they get all gummed up from this the old fuel sitting. It's every almost every time I leave my uh, uh, I have a '67 uh, Mustang and and the carburetor on it, the four barrel. Every time that I leave the thing sit fuel in it, I don't run it dry. In other words, out of fuel, mm-hmm. um, th- I have to tear the carburetor apart. It just it just it plugs up all kinds of crap in it. It causes issues. Will it also damage the catalytic converter? Well, what year is that truck? Um, I can't remember. It's I think 70 it's or 80. older? I think it's a newer, a little newer, 80-something, I think. Oh, it is. Um, so do you know if it's fuel-injected or carbureted? Then I thought you said carbureted. it was 70. It is carbureted. Okay. Um, no, not typically as far as that goes, um, you know, unless it's misfiring a lot. That's how you damage catalytic. But just running old fuel through, if it's running okay, won't damage the catalytic converter. It, what, what it's doing when it's running poorly is it won't idle and it black smoke. It emits black smoke, and when I uh, accelerate it, it works fine, but it, it won't idle for. Yeah, anything. see, it's running rich at idle is what it's doing. That's why it's emitting black smoke. So that over time can damage the catalytic converter absolutely. Um, but you're going to mm. want to get that fixed anyway because it's not a good good. You know, something's going on there. Expensive. The idle jet or or the the uh, float. It might be over flowing in other words the needle sticking on that thing so it's mm-hmm. running rich it's dumping excess fuel in there is what's happening oh i see sounds good i'll give it a try uh yeah oh what's the best way to to uh, uh i tried siphoning it with a hose but i couldn't get it down far enough it's just best to disconnect the yeah, uh, if you're, fuel line yeah you could do that but if you're down to like four gallons of fuel as far as that goes and then you put you already put five new in I would, like I said, I would just fill it up with premium fuel is what I would do. And then run it. You just keep running it, yeah. And if you keep having this rich concern, then, yeah, we need to get the carburetor looked at because a lot of times uh, the problems inside those won't fix themselves. Right. Oh, if you don't mind me asking one kind of an odd question. Sure. I've got a a new 350 van, and Mm -hmm. I've got wheel locks I want to put on it. Is it okay to replace, like, one lug nut at a time without uh, jacking it up? Oh, yeah, absolutely. won't hurt anything. Yeah, yeah. You're just pulling one off and replacing it with a lock one. Yeah, no problem there. So it'd be okay to, to do one at a time if I did if I had dress-up nuts for to, for the rest of them? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. As far, just remember to torque good. them properly, though, okay? Right. I'll do that. Okay. Well, thanks. thank you very much. No problem. Thanks for listening, Mark. Have yourself a wonderful weekend. You too. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. So, some really good questions. I, I never was, really think some things I never think about, but like if you take one lug nut off at a time, you know, and, and torque it back, will it affect the seating of the wheel? And the answer not is at no. All. No, because it stays seated by all the others. So, yes. But just make sure and torque them properly when you put them back on. Just be careful. One at a time. Be careful. <laughs> be careful. Well, it is a mechanical thing, and bad things can happen going down the road. So, oh, well, you don't want a wheel falling off. Absolutely not. That would be a terrible. But one lug at a time is not going to, uh, to do that. And no, you'll be fine. You sure? Pretty sure. Pretty sure. <laughs> no, absolutely sure. No, just messing around a little bit there. All right, folks, one 888 anything automotive-related, 888-344-1170. We're here to, uh, to, to chat with you about. Um, so we're talking about spark plugs, huh? Let's see here. Uh, I want somebody else to call in. I really want to try this call screener thing out. <laughs> it's killing me. <laughs> Brendan had to operate it last time, so I don't really know. I don't know what's going on with this. Maybe you should go out there and call me, Kevin. And I'll you want me like, to? No. <laughs> Not really. All right. Uh, so spark plugs, how important is it in, at intervals to replace your spark plugs? This is I really like talking about this because it's something that these days a lot of folks often forget about. And the reason they forget about it is that uh, um, 
spark plugs last so long now, right? I yes. Mean, typically 90 to 110,000 miles in there somewhere is when they're required on most vehicles. Um, except for Chrysler, who's now reverted back to a copper plug that wants you to replace them every 30,000 miles. And then they put them in their V8 uh, dual plug motors. So there's 16 of them. And replacing 16 spark plugs seems to be quite expensive. I wonder what. I wonder the good wh- news is the spark plugs are way cheaper than the platinum or iridium or double platinum plugs, right? It, or, yeah, because they're only a couple bucks a piece. I mean, even after, you know. But, yeah, I wonder why they went back. I wonder why the, I mean, there there must, there had to have been some reason they were having problems with electronics or something that they went back to a copper core plug. I mean, there was either that or an engineer was, that's what I'm saying. was bored and like, hey, check it out. This is what I want to do next. <laughs> well, some of this stuff, I asked myself a question like, why would you do that? But that's what I'm saying. There's the had to be, a, there had to be some reason with their noise suppression or something that they could have been. Could have been for sure. Um, a question about that, and I mean electrical noise suppression. So it's you know it's a little different. It's not, but I, I, I th- there's got to be a reason they swapped all that around back like that. So <laughs> is it still on the air? I know that's what I was like. Yeah. <laughs> on the Oh, there, that A. Okay, that's a different A. There's an A in the bottom, too. So are you able to answer it now? I think so. I'm going to try. You you want to go out there and call now? No, 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 no. No, Steven's on the line. We're going to grab him real quick here and just uh, see. We'll see if this works. Good morning, Steven. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing fine. Thank you. Awesome. This thing works now, so I figured it out finally. Thanks for the help by calling in. What you got going on? I see you have an AC question. Yeah, well, it's a... Uh, ventilation question for two of the vehicles that I have. Okay. Um, well, the first one is a 1994 Chevy Silverado 2500. It's the uh, the 5.7 liter mm-hmm. V8. Uh, it's got 175,000 miles and change. Uh, the AC heater system, um, the, the AC system's not worked in a long time. Okay. And from I tried to do a recharge on it, but the pressure uh, in, in the, what do you call it, a canister, you know, the, the, where the charger is, it, it wouldn't work. So um, it, do, it, doesn't, before, it doesn't hold Freon? Or? Right. It, it does. You can't get up to a pressure on that. Oh, okay. Um, but in any case, even before that, just driving along, putting the ventilation system on, mm-hmm. the... The air that would be coming out would be just hot. Okay. On a warm day, cold day, the setting, the temperature setting is on cold, you know, just for regular air, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just for the blower. It's hot air coming out. So what it sounds like is there's a problem with either the blend air door motor itself, the blend air door, and it's stuck in the heater defrost mode, and that's why it's only putting out hot air. So it could be the little okay. motor itself, could be the door could be the the control head um, is not actually commanding it as far as that goes to switch over. Um, but there's a problem there, I can almost guarantee, and that's why hot only comes out all the time. Okay. Okay. Does, right. that, does that make sense? Because what it is, there's a door in there, and it moves back and forth, and it can go to fresh air, just fresh air coming in, uh, can go to, to AC where it's just uh, – running across the evaporator core for the AC if the AC is run- – even if it's not running, it can it can switch to that mode in there as far as even if the AC system is not working. And then it switches to a mode where it allows air to only go across the heater core, which is what's going on all the time. The air is just blowing across the heater core. That's why it's hot all the time coming out. Okay, that makes sense. Okay. Okay. Uh, the second question is pretty much the same thing for a different vehicle. It's an 87 87- – 1987 Mercury Cougar XR7, okay. uh, five liter V8. It's got a little over 220,000 uh, miles on it. Um, and the same thing uh, with that one. Again, AC's not worked on that uh, for, for a number of years, but mm-hmm. turn the heater on or, or turn the, the vent on just to have cold air, just have uh, outside air, fresh air, or whatever. Fresh air, same thing. Yeah, it say, could be the same same issue. The systems all work on it on on a blend air door, and that door, depending on what uh, a mode it's in, is what it directs air across to pick up. So, um, 
the as far as mode wise it's stuck in the in the mode that it's uh um letting the air only run across the heater core and of course when the car's at operating temperature you know what you get out of that you get it's warm so it's hot yeah and so then um to rectify that uh do you have to go approach it from under the hood or do you have to go underneath the dash to to change that out or fix that all that stuff's under the dash Okay. The only thing underneath the hood and relative to, to that sometimes uh, older vehicles uh, had a uh, uh, more of a heater control valve um, also that is right before the heater core. And some of the old ones were cable controlled and some were vacuum controlled uh, as far as that goes. That's the only thing under the hood that controls the heat and stuff in the dash. But uh, um, to me, if you're having this problem, that one of the doors is definitely stuck in that area as far as that goes okay. and, and and that that's going to be underneath the dash and and uh relative ease or difficulty on that um depending on what it is uh some of these like the control motors uh for the doors are easy to access uh if it's a door sometimes the whole uh a heater box has to come out I mean, that can be quite labor-intensive. Us, you know, if it's a control head, that's not too bad. So really the key is to test and figure out which part of this is causing an issue, and then I'll determine how much work's going to need to be put into to rectifying it, to be honest with you. Okay. All right. If, if that makes sense, yeah. Uh, because there's so many different yeah. issues there that uh, with that door that you could go from simple to hard. <laughs> right. Without knowing. All righty. Okay. That uh, satisfies the question. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. No problem at all. Thanks for listening, and thanks for the call. All right. Have a safe, wonderful weekend. Take care. Bye. Oh, look, I learned how to drop the call. I was was thinking on his GM truck. His GM truck, it is probably a motor because them them things had bad problems. Because them had electric motors in them. And the one thing that I can't stress enough is let's diagnose it properly. Because I've seen a couple of the doors go bad, too. Correct, correct. Correct. It does happen. We see those motors in the later model GMs are my favorite that when every time you start the car, it goes clack, 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 that, clack. You know what? That year, his, his truck right there is one of those oh. years. And I I used to hear, or we used to have people come in and be like, there's somebody with a little hammer in my dash trying to get out when I start the car. <laughs> the, little, the little plastic yeah. gears in there go bad and it kink, 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 yeah, kink. Yeah. <laughs> but I strongly recommend to diagnose each of those problems uh, uh, properly. That way, you know what we need to tackle. Like I said, it could be easy or it could be a little tougher. As far as that goes. All right, folks, we're going to take our first break here. Uh, give us a call, though, 1 888 You're listening to Auto Talk Radio on the Answer San Diego, 1170 and 96.1 FM. We'll be right back after these messages. There's more Auto Talk education and empowerment on the way here on Auto Talk Radio. Get on the line and get your automotive questions answered by the Auto Man here on Auto Talk Radio. Brian Bowersock, 888-344-1170. Now, here's more Auto Talk with Brian Bowersock. Hi, folks. Welcome back to Auto Talk Radio. I'm your host, Brian Bowersock. In the house with me still is my co-host, Mr. Kevin Bowersock. Man, we appreciate all your calls this morning and everybody listening and tuning in. Some good stuff. I love talking about cars, trucks, and automobiles. I know. We love you all spending the morning with us, too. Yeah. Y'all is me, y'all? Yeah. Oh, y'all. Okay. (laughs) Y'all is anybody listen? (laughs) Y'all is anybody listen? Everybody listening, y'all. Anyway. We do appreciate you joining us here. 1-888-344-1170. 1-888-344-1170. You are what help make the show so great when you call in with your awesome questions. So sometimes they're questions I never thought about, you know. I mean, just things that when we work on vehicles all the time, you know, that we know and do and all that. So You don't think when, of the other side. Yeah, when you bring, you know, sometimes I don't. When you bring up, you know, a, a, a question like that, I'm like, uh that's a great question, and most people probably wouldn't know the answer, you know, to that. So it's something that we know because we do it all the time. But so I love those questions and answering, helping folks out. 
I do want to remind folks, uh, the West Automotive Group uh, is the one that uh, brings you Auto Talk Radio, which consists of West Escondido Automotive and Transmission at 2200 Auto Parkway in Escondido. AAA approved, the star certified for smog, taking care of folks uh, uh, up there for, oh, geez, over 28 years now. And West El Cajon Automotive and Transmission uh, out there in East County, taking care of folks, 844 North Johnson Avenue, AAA approved, uh, and take care of folks out there for over eight years now. And West Kearney Mesa Automotive and Transmission, 8027 Balboa Avenue, uh, uh, right in uh, central San Diego. They're taking care of folks uh, for over four years now. Actually, come April will be five years. So, yeah. So, taking care of folks for over four years now uh, over there. And uh, uh, last but not least, uh, uh, West Miramar Automotive and Transmission, uh, 5726 Miramar Road, Eastgate Mall, right in the Golden Triangle, AAA approved and the star certified for smog. Uh, Taking care of folks over there for uh, heading up to three years here shortly. Time flies when you're having fun. Where did that time go? It just flies. It's all good. So we got the North County covered, the East County covered, Central San Diego covered, and the Golden Triangle over here on the coast covered. Any place that uh, you need your vehicle serviced or repaired, um, get in and and we'll get you all taken care of. You can check us out at westautomotivegroup.com. All of the West Automotive Group employees, myself and everybody, come together to bring you Auto Talk Radio for one simple reason. We all believe in the same philosophy. We never put money ahead of people. Very important to us. Stop in to have your vehicle serviced or repaired and find out what quality automotive service repair is all about. Uh, the West Automotive Group is also proud to offer six months no interest for your vehicle service or repair needs. On approved credit, stop in and get a West Automotive Group card. You can use it over and over again. Uh, also, right now, they're running a special. If you use it uh, for the six months, no interest. Um, also, get a uh, little coupon that my guys can print out for you that you p- turn in. And uh, uh, they'll give you, I believe it's a $100 Visa card for using it. So that's 100 bucks back. What a cool thing. I'm going to apply. <laughs> you should. Then I'll give you a little coupon. You can get a hundred bucks back. Hundred bucks, hundred bucks. Yeah, but you got to use your card for something. That's all right. To fix your car, you can bring it in. I'll change fix, oil. I'll, fi- I'll change your car. <laughs> I'll fix your car for you. There you go. Anyway, uh, yeah, stop in any of the manager service consultants. They can help you with this. Very simple and easy approval process. And uh, you get the card. You can keep it in your wallet, and that way, every time you need auto repair, you don't have to use your other cars, and you get six months no interest. It's a great way to go. Uh, you can also uh, stop in and take advantage of our CertiCare transmission diagnosis. Um, if you think you're having a transmission problem, get your vehicle and let uh, my experts diagnose it and figure out what's going on with the vehicle. Uh, we all too often see repairs that do not fix a vehicle, and sometimes they're expensive. Throwing parts at a vehicle is never good. Uh, we also offer free shuttle rides to or from work or home and uh, low-cost rental vehicles at all four locations. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram by just going to westautomotivegroup.com and click on it and become a follower. That's westautomotivegroup.com, and you can also learn all about us uh, and uh, just uh, contact us and all the location, phone numbers, et cetera, or just make contact. Uh, you can fill out a little form for whatever location you want, and they will get right back to you, set appointments, et cetera. That's westautomotivegroup.com. You can also go to uh, Auto Talk Radio from there, which you're listening to now and see all about Auto Talk. We also post all of our uh, radio shows there uh, as podcasts when we're uh, done uh, here every day. And then uh, also uh, you can go to the Automan TV where I am, the Automan for the CW uh, and uh, Fox 5 News uh, Weekly where you can check out the episodes from there. That's westautomotivegroup.com. But you want to call us today at one 888 That's 888-344-1170. Anything automotive related, we're happy to talk to you about um, just so you know, our podcasts are also available on the go through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pandora, Deezer, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio.com, and tune in. So any of that. But this morning, folks, give us a call here, one 888 That's 888-344-1170. Anything automotive related. Like to. All right, let's grab uh, Al and Lemon Grove. You there, Al? Hi there, I'm good, Brian. Good morning, Al. Good to hear from you. I hope you had a uh, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Yeah, I certainly do, and you too. Thank you, sir. Uh, listen, uh, I want to talk to you about my my newly acquired uh, Ford Explorer, my 97 Ford Explorer. Yes, sir. Um, I got a 4.0 liter engine. What did you have, a, a 6 or a 5? Oh, and in, in, you mean in my uh, F-250? 
No, you're one. Didn't you have a 150 and 97? No, no, no. That's a, I had a 97 uh, a F250 uh, light duty 4x4, but it had the 5.4 liter V8 in it. Oh, yeah, V8. Yeah, well, mine is a uh, 6. So anyway, anyway, there's, there's uh, some meters on the dashboard, and my uh, battery light goes on on okay. the left side. There's a little battery that appears. It's, it's a, uh, it's a um, <clears throat> yellowish, uh, orangish uh, uh, color battery, and the battery appears to let you know your car is in charging. But on the other hand, there there's a meter on the right-hand side that says CH, on the extreme right-hand side of the dashboard, and it says CH, and there's a battery in it, and the meter, the needle is right in the center. Mm-hmm. So what does that meter mean? Well, since the battery isn't charging, since the, the battery light comes on on the left side. Are we sure it's not charging? Oh, yeah, because uh, this this car has automatic headlights, and every time I go for a trip, I've got to come back and charge it again, and it takes it takes uh, five to ten minutes to charge it back up to uh, to normal after I've used it. Oh, gotcha. So um, it, it's hard to tell what that meter's reading, and if you have uh, uh, the battery light on i presume it's not charging i i would test it to see and make sure do we have a failed alternator we have something else going on that's not allowing the alternator to charge because uh sometimes see that some of these alternators are regulated internally some of them are regulated by the powered train control module and ford's done it multiple different ways so on that vehicle i don't know what's controlling the alternator the alternator could be good on that and it's not commanding it to charge so well, the records the records show she had a new alternator within the last two thousand miles. Yeah, see that that well that that couple new, things new battery new battery new alternator and the battery is strong as heck. Uh, it's uh, I've got a battery tester and the thing pegs the needle on the on okay. the battery tester well, that the battery does. Sounds like to me we might but have a problem you, somewhere in the electrical it, system. Pardon. Sounds like to me we might have a problem somewhere in the electrical system of the vehicle. That's that's not allowing the vehicle well, to charge. Does, does it have a voltage regulator? Uh, no, not externally. On that vehicle, should the internal inside the alternator? That's what I figured. That's yeah. what I figured. But so I will you tell you a problem with that those vehicles and what happened. So when somebody replaced the alternator, if they didn't replace the three prong pigtail that plugs into the alternator on those Fords. Those connectors used to melt down internally, often could cause issues. A lot of uh, the quality alternator remanufacturer alternator suppliers would resupply a new pigtail with the alternator, and you needed to cut the old one out and solder the new one in uh, uh, so that uh, um, and replace it during that process of replacing the alternator. Otherwise, you could have problems with the charging system. So that's something to take a look at. You mean there's a... uh a three-prong plug that sits on the back of the alternator? Correct, there is. So there's four wires to those alternators, those Fords like that year, and one of them is yeah. the battery wire. It's a thick red wire that goes to a, a single post, and it's it's bolted on usually with a uh, six-millimeter nut. And then the other, uh, there's a big plastic three-prong connector that plugs into the side of the alternator, um, which is the voltage regulator that's built into this alternator, and that three prong plug had meltdown issues. Oh, so okay. we we need to take a good look at that plug and make sure that's all good and figure out why this thing's not. If she just had the alternator and battery replaced, it's highly likely they're not the cause. Uh, well, uh, why does the thing look like it's charging on the uh, meter that says CH on the right-hand side of the uh, instrument panel. It's probably stuck at 12 volts right there because that's where you you uh, you keep charging up the battery. So it's probably not charging. But with that meter, it's hard to tell. They're not that accurate. They're there to give uh-huh. you an idea of what's going on, but they're not that accurate. Yeah, but why does it why does it deflect at all? Why isn't it down to zero? Because it's reading the battery voltage. 
Okay. That's what it's doing. It's just oh. a voltmeter. That's all it is. It's not an amp meter or anything like that. So if it was an amp meter, it would be reading the charge phase uh, of the alternator, and therefore it would be setting at zero because there's no amps being output. But as far as volts, no. it's reading the system voltage is what it's reading. It's not and, – and an alternator, if it's sitting at 12.5 volts, that's just battery voltage. That's not charging. Because charging would be uh, uh, over over thirteen volts, depending 13, on how much yeah, the system needs. Yeah, and sometimes yeah. up to fourteen point so two. So, what is the meter there for? If 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 the battery light is the final authority on it, the left side, it looks the good. Right, is, it looks good. It makes you feel good. Oh, it makes you feel good. It makes you feel good. <laughs> okay. I don't. I don't know because they're not that accurate. Um, you know and. Yeah, it is. It kind of works along with the battery light. It's, it's, yeah, it is what it is. I, I, they're well. They're, it's, a, it's a strange car. She, she's got records that she had the, um, the uh, hood struts replaced. You know, the hydraulic uh-huh. hood struts replaced. And yesterday, that I couldn't keep the hood up, and today the hood went up again. I mean. So, so, um, well, that they, here, they, here I've got situations where she's getting work done and then I'm having trouble after <laughs> her with the same stuff. Sometimes it depends on the quality of parts that somebody replaced them with. They may not be Ford ones. They could be some aftermarket ones that weren't that, that high a quality. And, uh, 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 yeah, so it could, could be an issue as far as that goes. I mean, it's well, just one I've of those driven things. 180, I've driven 180 miles and her records show again that she had the car smogged 600 miles before I bought it uh-huh. and it passed smog and now it won't pass smog because it's been, she's only driven it about 200 miles the last 12 months or yeah. so and about 3000 miles in the last five years. So sounds uh, like we need I've to get some, a, get some good fuel in it and get some miles on it. Why is it not passing smog real quick? We got to go to a break here in just a second, but I'll, uh, I'll field I this real quick. It up. I filled it up with gas, and um, but uh, uh, what, what about 180 miles now? What did it fail? Was it emissions that it failed in the smog test? Did it fail for emissions uh, or visual? Or? Final, there's just one final test. He says that it's not passing. He oh, says it's passing everything if, except one final test. It failed for monitors, and I bet it's the cap monitor or the evap monitor. Uh-huh. So whatever it well, is, it's probably the EVAP monitor or the cap monitor. I don't know. Whichever monitor has it run, you got you got to get it to it it'll run eventually. You got to you got to keep driving her. She'll run. But it's not going to well, happen with the battery keeps dying, okay? So we got to get the charging system fixed first and then you can get the monitors to the, run. The, the, that could be part of the reason the monitor's not running because you don't have enough battery voltage. Don't yeah, the system's very sensitive. So need to get the charging system fixed first and then complete that monitor, then it'll pass smog. Okay? Oh, you mean you mean the smog has something to do with it with the charging system? Well yeah, yeah because go because the system's not proper. Well Al, I gotta go to a break here real quick. So um yes, we need to get the charging system fixed first and then uh um you can go from there, okay? Thank you. Take care, buddy. Have a wonderful weekend. Talk to you soon. Uh, bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, folks, give us a call here, one 888 You're listening to Auto Talk Radio on The Answer San Diego, 1170. We'll be right back after these messages. There's more Auto Talk education and empowerment on the way here on Auto Talk Radio. Get on the line and get your automotive questions answered by the Auto Man here on Auto Talk Radio. Brian Bowersock, 888-344-1170. Now, here's more Auto Talk with Brian Bowersock. All right, folks. Welcome back to Auto Talk Radio. Here we are. Give us a call here at 1-888-344-1170. Some great questions today for sure. Every question is Kevin, a great question. Yeah, Kevin, you did bring up a good point, and that was, are we sure that that's a volt gauge for uh, um, on his dash? We don't know for sure. Well, he but just he said, said it's a volt gauge. He, that well, that's really- another thing, too. I mean, it, the gauge is accurate enough that 
if I drove the car every day, I would notice it being off a quarter inch, you know, I mean, where it normally rides. But that's not accurate enough to say how many volts it's actually producing. You, you yeah. see what I'm saying? So, well, if that, but is it a volt gauge or is it a gauge for something else on the car? I don't know for sure. Uh, the battery light we know for sure it has to do with the charging system. Yes, there's a problem. Yes. So let's get that fixed, then we can worry about the monitors. Get the car small. It'll run much better if you get the. You don't have to keep charging the battery too. Well, and yeah, the monitors won't run. And that if way. you keep running the battery down and charging it up, it's going to kill the battery. I don't care how great a battery it is. Anyway. All right, as we move forward here, folks, I do want to remind you the show is also brought to you by Interstate Batteries, a battery if you ever need. Interstate Batteries are the highest quality batteries out there. We do not stock nor sell any other battery at the West Automotive Group. Why? One simple reason. They are the highest quality batteries out there and the number one technician recommended battery uh, um, worldwide, without question. So if you need a battery uh, for your vehicle, uh, jump on westautomotivegroup.com, make an appointment. And we'll get you in and put an interstate battery in for you. If you need a battery for any other reason, and they have a battery for everything, check them out at their storefronts, 9345 Cabot Drive in Miramar, or in La Mesa at 70th and University. Interstate battery, battery for every single possible need. Right? Right. Yep. (laughs) That's the answer for It's always nice when you jump in your hoopty. Tin Lizzie. Tin Lizzie. Sorry. (laughs) And it fires up, right? So batteries are good things. Batteries are amazing things, without question. I I tro- truly agree. You know what? I am start- starts up. It's a great. I thing. am starting to notice this thing though, because you know how things are <clears throat> moving over to batteries. You know, like garden garden tools and stuff like that. But I have, you know, because being a technician, the last thing you want to do is work on your weed eater when you come home. So I thought, you know, having a battery operated, you know, weed eater was kind of cool, just for the I don't have to work on my stuff. You know. But I noticed now I'm having all these problems with batteries killing out on me. So I'm still in the same boat, kind of. But think <laughs> about the technology of batteries. Come 20 years ago, you'd be like a battery-operated weed eater. They did Never. have the ones, remember, that were cord plug-in. You had to drag the cord with you. I just stopped using mine like a year ago. <laughs> oh, the cord one? Yeah, uh-huh. so I had one of those little green ones. Oh, gotcha. I so, don't need weed eat around the house. But I don't. The, <laughs> but these things are pretty I – mean, they have battery-operated lawnmowers now. I know. You know what? And I'm, I'm – <laughs> I'm thinking my next lawnmower is going to be the battery op. Because you know what? Somebody told me that he told me, he said, when I converted over, he said, I went out and bought the lawnmower with all the same battery packs. He goes, so my weed eater, my blower and all that stuff has the same battery packs. He goes, I don't have to, he goes, I don't run out of, you know, you know that yeah, you when can, you run out of your dollar you can keep gas. keep them all on a charge and then you can swap them around and just pull. Yeah. And then all good. <laughs> or you're in the middle of cutting your grass and you run out of gas. You have to go to the gas station or you know what I'm saying. Exactly. So. All right. Let's grab uh, Catherine in Point Loma. Good morning, Catherine. How are you? Oh, good. How about you? Doing amazing. Another. Uh, I'm glad it's warmed up a little bit in the morning here in San Diego, to be honest with you. That's what I was thinking this morning, because uh, there was a few mornings last week that were uh, quite chilly. Agreed. <laughs> what you got going on with your Ford Fusion? Um, thank you so much for having me on. So I have a 2009 Ford Fusion, the V6 one, and it has that overflow reservoir, and... Um, I would say in a year and a half, I've had to replace it three times for cracking. Mm-hmm. Um, no one's really been able to identify if there's a reason that that would continue to crack. And then the second part kind of goes with it is that I had noticed there was a leak. Um, so I changed the radiator hoses. I climbed under there, cleaned stuff off, and it appeared to be coming from the heater hose out of the heater core by the T. Okay. Um, so I replaced everything I could, but that heater hose, uh, was not available at any of the parts stores or the dealership, and someone recommended I go to the junkyard, and I don't know if that's a good place to go for a hose or what would you think. Well, let me ask you this. When you say it's a 2009, so uh, when if through Ford that hose is not available at all, it's discontinued through Ford, or they just don't have it in uh, stock? Yes, that's correct. It does show. It shows discontinued. Wow. Hmm. You know, I see, I see them discontinuing stuff like that really quickly these days. Yeah. So usually there's an option to somehow, uh, in, in, in nobody aftermarket has it. Um, not that I've checked. I checked like probably four companies around here. I don't know if I'm supposed to say the names or anything. No, you don't. It's well, so I, yeah, that's something's going to, the other times we fab, we can actually, uh, with T's fabricate one if we need to out of, uh, bulk hose sometimes 
or we have to get select. Uh, we've done this before. If if it's a preformed hose that has special bins in it, then we start looking at yes. pre. Okay, so we start looking at preformed hoses that we can use to fabricate this to the same way. And sometimes you have to put tees and fittings into them. And we don't have any options uh, to purchase something as far as that goes. But as far as a used one, it's just like the one you have on the car. It's used already. So a junkyard in a hose situation is not a place we typically would purchase a part. Oh, that's what I thought. And and I would have gone with the bulk hose, too. Um, one side is a different size than the other. But that's a great idea you said about, like, just substituting some, you know, ways to make that happen. Yeah, that's what we've sometimes had to do. Now, I don't know in this scenario, and it may be something that uh, – so sometimes we can find, like, through Ford, people will carry what's called obsolete. It's called when when the manufacturer has uh, made it not available, but we can go through uh, a dealer that that handles obsolete and and it's good stock that they have, and somebody somewhere in the nation has purchased those. That's what we do often sometimes. So sometimes it is oh, still able able to find, but it's a little more trickier and takes a little bit of work as far as that that goes. But oh, sometimes I'm you can to find. Do it. Yeah. So um, if you wanted a. Uh, uh, what oh you live in Point Loma, um yes. So you could uh, uh call any of my locations, tell them kind of what you're looking for, and they could they could uh, uh see if we can search down something like that obsolete part for you. That's so awesome! Thank you. No problem. Happy to help you out. Uh, just go to westautomotivegroup.com, and you're near the the uh, Miramar location is probably closest to you. Kristen is the manager yeah, over absolutely. there. Yeah, so if you give her a call, give her all your information. It may take a few days, uh, but uh, they can uh, do a little bit of searching and make some phone calls, and a lot of times we can find one. It's been a month already anyhow. (laughs) Oh, gotcha. Okay. As far as the bottle cracking, as far as that goes, I often want to double-check to make sure we're not getting any uh, uh, combustion gas leaking in that's overpressurizing the system. For that, those bottles do crack and fail, but not that many in that short a period. So it is it is plastic, and from heating and cooling, they do swell and uh, uh, um, um, expand and contract is a better way to put it. Um, So they do crack over time, but usually not not that that often. So you said a couple in in the past year and a half or so. Are they all brand new? And they're all brand new. Yes. Yeah, there's uh, a, something's going uh, on there. Time, the second time I went with the uh, better better brand for the better cap and, and better pressurized reviews and stuff. Mm-hmm. Are these, uh, um, so they're not factory Ford ones, they're aftermarket? Uh, two have been aftermarket and one was OEM. Okay, yeah, I uh-huh. Some something's going on there. That does, there there's there's some other uh, issue causing it. So it might be a good idea to get a block test done on the car, which is actually a, a chemical. Block test? Yeah, it's actually a chemical test. We use a chemical, uh, and all we do is uh, pull uh, gases out of the out of I'm sorry out of the uh, cooling system through this gas, and if it changes colors, then we know we have combustion gas inside the cooling system. So it's a, called a chemical block test. It'd be a great idea. Oh, boy, you guys do that? Yes, we do. Absolutely. Oh, thank you so much. So, you, yeah, you can ask Kristen about that also. Um, but uh, that, that would be the best bet just to see if there's anything going on. Thank you so very much. You have just made my entire day. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, and you have a wonderful, safe weekend. Uh, reach out to Kristen on Monday, and she'll get you helped out. I sure will, and you too. Thanks, Catherine. Take care now. Thanks. All right, you too. Okay, bye-bye. That was a, um, unusual to have a bottle like that. Well, I know. That, that's why I was like, I got so many questions. <laughs> well, the only way to know is to look at the car. Do a block I know. test first, obviously, and take a look at the car and just see. So, And why they're doing the block test, they can look, take a look. They can also look at her hose thing, which will make life easier and then start sourcing sometimes. Because sometimes we take pictures of those things when a car's in, and then we start to source how we're going to do this real quick too. I wanted to, because she was saying something about there was a tea there. Mm-hmm. Just make sure that the plastic tea is not bad. Cause you know how the new antifreeze always kills the, the plastic. Oh, yeah. So if you're going to put a new hose on that plastic and the plastic is bad, and then you're just going to be right back in the same situation again. So correct. You might have to replace the plastic, the hose, everything together. And well, that was my thing or fabricate a hose with replacing the plastic and all that. So for sure.
All I right. get that. I just went a little bit farther just in case because, you know, you know how that goes. I agree. I agree. Be a good idea to put an eye on all of it. All right. Let's uh, Steven's back with us. Uh, he has another question. Good morning, Steven. Again. Hey, hey, good morning. Sorry about uh, calling again. I forgot. No reason to be about. sorry. We're that's what we're here for. We love to talk to you guys. What what do you what was the other question? The only common denominator I had for this uh, for both these vehicles um, prior to you know noticing this heating vent problem, uh, the radiators had slight leaks to them. So I added the K seal uh, stop leak to each of the radiators for that. Do you think that would have had some kind of a um, sticking mechanism? No. And the only caused- thing that coolant flows through that could be affected is a, a heater control valve that's in the heater line. And we I've never seen any of that cause one of those to stick. So okay. and even in that case, the blend door would still move to the fresh air side and it wouldn't be blowing. It, it would still change in temperature. So if it's not changing temperature, I truly believe we have an issue inside the dash like we were initially talking about. Okay, that sounds good. Great. If we appreciate can help. What's that? I appreciate your time. Thank no you. problem at all. If we can help you out, let us know. We'll be happy to We diagnose those all the time. Okay. Excellent. Appreciate it. Thanks. Take Thanks care. Lot. Have a wonderful weekend. Bye-bye. Hey, uh, just to let you know, we had a listener call in, mm-hmm. and they're suggesting it could be a blown uh, head gasket. For the from, Ford Fusion. That's, that's why correct. I said, well, block test will pick that up. That's why. Oh, that's okay, gotcha. good, good point, though. Sorry, that, sorry about that. No, yeah. no. That's what I'm looking for, though, when I do a block test. Combustion gases in the cooling system means we either have a head gasket failure or, or something else that's allowing actually the combustion gas process to go into the cooling system. And when it does that, it can overpressurize the cooling system and cause failures on plastic components, cause heater hoses to leak, radiator hoses, uh, uh, bottle plastic bottles to blow out, things like that. So, yep, for sure. I agree with the caller. It could possibly be a blown head gasket. I agree, too. Yeah, a very small blown head gasket, though, probably because the car's still driving, not overheating. I still have a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> we always have questions until we see the car. That's right. Then I then my questions will go away. I'll be like, oh, I understand now. <laughs> exactly. So some some of the things are are um, easier over the radio, folks, to to diagnose. But yes, I agree with you. Thanks for the call. Whoever called in about the the head gasket on that fusion, it could be a very small head gasket leak, which is allowing combustion gas into the cooling system, which is overpressurizing the cooling system, causing those bottles to fail uh, early which is highly possible because a cooling system uh, does not like combustion gas in it. It gets upset. Correct? Yes. It gets very upset. But the plastic doesn't like it because they, the way they blend plastics today, and if it's not the chemical that plastic was blended for, it does not like it. That's right. So in each thing is specifically made. That's like you can have a rubber oil cooler hose. But if you took a regular rubber coolant hose and put it in place and let oil run through it, what happens? It swells. <laughs> it turns into well, a balloon. Yeah. <laughs> it's never good. And, and, and that, that's why it's never a good idea to use a fuel line for a transmission uh, cooler hose or, fail or vice versa, even if it's high pressure, because they do make the rubber out of different compounds and it, and it, and it yeah, it, it reacts different to it. They make them for that specific use and, and to put up with those. The, the, there's no chemical reaction because it's made for fuel. They use the right things, or it's made for oil, or it's made for coolant. So the key to that is you use the use the proper hose for the proper application. That's why we used to love to grab them old rubber CV boots and throw them in the solvent tank overnight because it would swell about 10 times the size. Yeah, they didn't like solvent at all, did they? Mineral spirits do a lot of fun things to think. You could wear it as a hat almost. Exactly, like the old uh, Devo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You look like a cone head. So, but no, yes, those things used to swell amazingly uh, when you do that to them because they weren't made for that. They didn't. They didn't run that kind of stuff. No, know? they ran just regular wheel grease. So, it, it, different compound again. So it 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 alter it alters it different, and so yeah, that's why it's on. It's only a good idea to use the proper, you know, for transmission, especially transmission fluid. Transmission fluid will make rubber swell. I mean, it, it is a different kind of because it, it is a detergent. It is this, this, and this. So it is for sure. Sorry, I hesitated. The TV's on her up there. There was a, there was a sea lion in in the middle of Interstate Route ninety four. I guess no, uh, eight oh five. And I was like, what? Well, it says ninety. Oh, it says ninety four. Yeah, and, and that hasn't happened here yet. 
No, and that has to do with cars. <laughs> Don't ever hit a sea lion. No, because they're like the a rock. sea lion and bad for your car. <laughs> I'm telling you now. And I'm sure it's gonna be a nasty smell. <laughs> Luckily, it looks like SeaWorld came out, and rescued him, and got him back to got him back to to where where he should be. Uh, I'm, oh. I'm glad about that. I mean. Jeez Louise, I, I I never thought, you know, we have mountain lions, we had deer, but now we got to worry about sea lions on What's, the highways too now. So. Not very often. Welcome luckily. to San Diego. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, I didn't get to, I was saving a, a, a couple things that I wanted to talk about. Number one, uh, real quick here, catalytic converters uh, um, uh, have are like the number one stolen thing going on right now. And it's crazy. Let's see. What did uh, this say? Catalytic converter thefts more than triple in 2021. Uh, there were 70,000 thefts in 2021 compared to 3,300 in 2019. So check that out, man. That, uh, people stealing cats, and they caught somebody recently. So my key to this is uh, we do replace these if you lose them at the West Automotive Group. Somebody steals them, and we actually, a uh, good friend of mine uh, who lost hers, we, we put uh, different kinds of different kinds of armament on them to prevent them from being cut off again. So there's all kinds. There's cat shields for certain ones. There's cat clamps. There's cat cables. Yes. Things that will prevent these from ever taking them again. So just a couple thoughts as far as that goes before we wrap up here. Uh, Everybody, we appreciate you joining us. It's uh, been an amazing Saturday. Glad everybody's rolled into 2022 with us. Be safe. Be good out there. Um, Keep the rubber side down and the shiny side up for sure. Anything you want to add, Kevin? it's amazing here <laughs> every day is an amazing day if you got any other automotive <laughs> questions you can always email me at uh, auto talk at westautomotivegroup.com or go to westautomotivegroup.com make an appointment check us out get in we'll get you all taken care of uh san diego and everybody out there be safe have a great weekend we'll catch you next saturday this has been auto talk radio on the answer san diego 1170 and 96.1 fm For answers to all your automotive questions, tune in every week at this same time for Auto Talk with Brian Bowersock. To learn more about Brian, become a guest or sponsor of the show, or if you have additional questions, visit thewestautomotivegroup.com. That's thewestautomotivegroup.com. And click on Auto Talk Radio. Join us again next week for more Auto Talk. This program is sponsored by West Automotive Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.